The following audio is from Harvest Fellowship. For more information about Harvest Fellowship, visit harvestabq.org. Hey, I want to tell you about a couple things. Uh, uh, men's conference uh, was just talked about. It's coming up. I'm excited. Registrations are just increasing every day, and excitement is increasing. And uh, I talked to Pastor Jace uh, a couple weeks ago. We were at the Texas State Fair uh, last year, and we saw a giant cornhole. And, uh, and so I said to Jace, do you think you could build one of those for a men's conference. And of course he said yes. And so I'm excited for, on so many levels. And one of them is for giant cornhole, okay? Um, and, and all kinds of other reasons. Here's another thing. So one of our men's conference speakers, his name's Reggie Dabbs. Um, I asked if he would be willing. So conference is Friday, Saturday. I asked if he'd be willing to stay and be with us at Harvest on Sunday. And he said yes. And so on February 25th, uh, Reggie will be here. So ladies, you'll get to hear... Uh, uh, Reggie as well. You're not going to want to miss it. It's incredible. In fact, uh, here's what I want to tell you. Um, I think that any Sunday is a great Sunday to invite a friend uh, to harvest, but I do think there's probably four or five in the course of a year that are just a little bit better uh, of a Sunday to invite a friend. And I wanted you to know that February 25th is one of those Sundays. I mean, Reggie is just one of those guys that he's just going to, he's going to captivate the audience. He's going to, anyone that comes, I just tell they're going to have fun. They're going to enjoy it, but they're going to hear the gospel probably in a way that they've never heard it before. And so I wanted you to know that you should, that friend that you've been praying for, that's the day. All right, February 25th, get them here. We're going to have a blast. And, uh, and, and I just wanted you to know about that. Also, something that's happening also on the 25th that I want you to know about. This is the first time you're hearing about it. So don't look around like, I didn't hear about it. This is the first time, all right? So we're starting something new uh, on the evening of the 25th called Alpha. And I'll tell you a little bit about this. So if you haven't noticed, there are a lot of people that are, that are giving their lives to Christ every single week. I mean, every week we're giving away following Jesus books. Uh, every couple of weeks we're doing water baptisms. Like lots of people are making decisions to follow Jesus. And so Lisa and I, in, in wanting to steward what God is doing here uh, well, we knew that we needed a, a better mechanism for discipleship. We, we were just kind of lacking in that area. So we searched, we, we asked around, we looked at what uh, other churches were doing, and we found a program that's called Alpha. And, and we just felt, as we prayed about it, looked at it, we felt like that was something we needed to do. So we're going to start Alpha on Sunday evening, uh, February 20th. 25th, and we're going to run it for six weeks. And here's the deal. Because it's brand new, that means none of you have gone to Alpha. And so I want to encourage you to set some time aside those six weeks and join us for Alpha. And here's why I think it's important, okay, is I want us all to be on the same page. So as people are coming in and they're getting, they're, they're getting saved, they're finding Jesus, that you can help us. You can say, hey, have you picked up your following Jesus book? Hey, have you been baptized in water? Have you gone to Alpha? Are you in a life group? Like all of these things that we do. And, and so I want you to be a part of it. So I'd love for you to look at your schedule. Registration opens today. It's free. We'll have childcare. We're actually gonna have food at it as well because we just think everything's better with food. So we're gonna have food and uh, you're gonna love this. I'm just telling you, we've already been previewing the courses. It's gonna walk us through some of the basic uh, principles of following Jesus, which I think no matter matter how long you follow Jesus, there's good reminders in this. And I think, honestly, I think it'll make you a better disciple maker, okay? And so I'd love for you
you to join us. So registration's open. You can sign up today. Let us know that you're coming, and we are going to have a great time. So let's get into today's message. Are you ready? All right, seven of you are ready. Let's do, let's, whew, let's do that. All right, there we go. There we go. Uh, we are in a series. So, hey, if you don't know, you got to talk back to me, okay? It's better. It's better if you help me, all right? It goes, it goes better, I promise you. We're in a series right now called Jesus Over Everything. And it's not just uh, a series for us, but it's really a theme that I feel like the Lord put in my heart for Harvest for 2024. And I'm hoping that at this point, we're, we're a little ways into it. We're, we're now in February. Did you know that? We're now in February. Uh, uh, Elijah went to sign our baptism wall today, and he said, what's the date? And I said, one, four, and someone corrected me. He said, Pastor, it's February. It's two now, all right? So we, we, we're a little into this series, and I'm hoping that by now that this idea that Jesus is over everything, that it's working its way into your heart, and that you are really starting to believe this, and that as you believe it, here's what I think will happen, is that we will live differently. Here's why. We live differently when we realize that there's nothing on this earth, nothing that you will ever face that Jesus does not reign over. Are you starting to believe that? That Jesus is over everything. Now, I got home last night. Uh, Pastor Andrew, uh, Andrew and Madison and myself, we had a little trip this week that we did together with some youth pastors. And we got in le uh, late yesterday and we drove straight to the church. And, and as we came in, you might have noticed this this morning that our Jesus over everything banners were, were missing this morning. Um, and because we got here last night and they were flapping in the, did you notice the wind the last few days? They, they, the grommets had broken. They were literally hanging on by one corner and they were like blowing out in Montana. We just knew we were going to cause an accident. And so Andrew and I ran out. We, we took him down. And as we were bringing him in, I, I just had this silly thought. I was like, even though the wind has destroyed our banners, I'm thankful that Jesus is still over everything. I just, I, just, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm, be I'm beginning to believe this. this. I don't know if you know this about pastors. We preach to ourselves and we hope it's good for you along the way. Jesus over everything. Here's the idea. He's over the things that we can see. So there's things going on in your life, right, that you're very aware of. You can see them. He's over those things. He's also over the things that we cannot see. He's, off the th he's over the things in our past, in our present, in our future. Jesus reigns over everything everything. And today we're going to dig into God's word. We're going to learn a little bit more about Jesus, who he is, how he lived, what he said, and why it matters. And I have one, just one big idea for us to consider today, and it's this. I want us to talk about the idea that Jesus is supreme. Everyone say supreme. Supreme. That's what we're talking about today. Jesus is supreme. And when we do this, we're going we're gonna to tackle a, a really substantial passage, a theologically rich passage of Scripture that we find in the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 15, and, and here's what it says. It says, Christ, so Jesus, is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and here's our word, and he is supreme over all 
creation. The, the book of Colossians is written by the Apostle Paul. He's writing to a church. Most of these letters in the New Testament are, are letters back to churches in particular areas. In this case, he's writing to a church in the, the city of Colossae. And of course, we believe this. We believe that even though Paul was writing that letter to that church, to that city in that day, that because it's in God's, God's word, it also, it's not just for them, it's also for us today. And so here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, I know that you cannot see God, but Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus, he said, is the visible image of the invisible God. There's a, there's a theological word for this that I'll, I'll just teach you quickly. This is the word, is that Jesus is incarnate, okay? He is incarnate. Incarnate means to embody or represent in the flesh or in human form. It comes from a Latin verb, incarnare, which means to make flesh. So when we say Jesus is incarnate, that, uh, that, 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 that he's the incarnate God, we mean that God took on the bodily form of a human. And of course, we know uh, it's the Christmas story, right? That this happened when Jesus was born into the earth as a baby. But here's what's fascinating is that in that, he retained his deity. He retained his, his godness. It, it's one of the great mysteries of our faith that he was fully God and fully man. I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's, am, it's amazing. In fact, uh, the Gospel of John talks about it. John uh, 14, 11, uh, Jesus says this. He says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Right? That's Jesus' own words. He said, believe me that the Father, that God God is in me and I am in the Father. It's this mystery that he's fully God and fully man. And, and, and I know that for some of you, you know this and you've maybe known it for a long time. And, and I don't want this truth to grow old to you. I want you to consider for just a moment how amazing it is that God wanted to reveal himself to us so he sent his son, he, he, he became incarnate, he became flesh, and he came into the world to reveal himself to you and I. Christ became the visible image of the invisible God. And then Colossians says that, that he existed before anything was created. And, and you have to know this is one of the things that that's, it's really important to understanding the idea that Jesus is over everything, that he existed before, before anything. So, so here's how I'll try to help you with it. Um, my girls and I, we've done this for a long time. They're getting older and, I, and I'm just waiting for the day where this grows old for them, even though I hope it never does. But we play this little game where one of us will say, I love you. And the other one will say back, I love you more. And then we kind of argue and I go, no, 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 no. I love you more. And they'll say, no, I love you more. And here's, here's how I end the argument. I say, listen, girl, I knew you when you were a little tiny, you know, being inside of your mom and you didn't even know you existed, let alone know that I existed. And I would talk to you into her, you know, Lisa's belly. And I would tell you that I love you before you even had words to tell me that, listen, girl, I love you more because I knew you first and I created you. That's what I tell them. And they're like, ooh, dad. Right? <laughs> this is what Jesus is doing here. He's saying, hey guys, I existed before you existed. I, I knew you before you knew me. I, I, here, he's like, I win, right? 
I win. <laughs> Jesus reigns over everything. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3 says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. And, and, and you need to know this, that when John says, the, he starts, he says, he says, in the beginning was the Word, but you notice if you keep reading that verse, that then he, he changes, and he says this, he says it was created through Him. So here's what John's doing, is he's, he's, saying, he's saying this is about Jesus, he says the word, he's talking about Jesus, and it's further evidence that Jesus was there in the beginning, that he was there with God, and he was God, and he, he, he reigns over all the earth. And then finally, uh, this is all just set up. I'm just trying to tell you where we're going today. Colossians 1, 15. Finally, we get to this word that I want us to talk about today. This is going to get our attention that it says he's supreme over all creation. So today, we're just going to talk about this one idea. Jesus is supreme. So before we do, that was just to get your heart ready. I want us to pray. And this prayer has one focus. I'm going to ask you, will you open your heart today to what the Holy Spirit has for you and your family? I believe that when we read God's Word, that there's truth that's there for everyone. But I believe if we'll open our hearts that the Holy Spirit will breathe life into that passage and it will cause it to come alive. And all of a sudden you'll have an understanding of God's word for you, for your family, and, and most often for the things that you're facing in this season of your life. So this, this is a game changer. I'm just telling you, this will change it from just a sermon to wow, God met me today. Does anyone want to meet God today? All right, so would you just pray this prayer? It takes 20 seconds. Let's pray. Jesus, we're so thankful for you, for your word. And as we open your word today, we are just, we're pausing because it's really important to us that we don't just hear a, a word today, but that it, it comes inside of us and it changes us, it shapes us. So Holy Spirit, come into this room, breathe life into this message today, into your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Uh, question for you, does anyone like food? Anyone like food? Come on, like food. Lisa and I are foodies. We really, we re like some people, some people eat. We, we, we eat. Like we like food. And I was thinking about this word supreme because um, I, I thought of nachos, okay? So I eat boring nachos, I'll just tell you. I eat boring nachos, it's how I like them, okay? I like chips, I like some meat, I like cheese, and, and may, maybe a little bit of sour cream, okay? That's kind of boring, right? My girls like supreme nachos, okay? So they take all of that, I'm seeing some heads nodding, you know, they add the, uh, the lettuce and the tomatoes and the pico and, and, the, and the salsa and some green chili and like, I mean, the more supreme the better. Who, who's with me on that? Or not really with me, you're with them. I eat boring nachos, right? Supreme, I'm trying to help you with this idea. What do I mean when Jesus is supreme, all right? How about, how about pizza? Does anyone like supreme? pizza. Anyone like Supreme? So I got to tell you a story. So I was in college and, and went on a missions trip to the Ukraine and uh, we went to a Bible school there in the Ukraine for one of our days. And y'all, when we showed up, it was like we were rock stars. I mean, there were 
so excited that these American Bible school students had come to their college. And so they rolled out the red carpet. They were waiting for us out in the parking lot when we got there and they ushered us in. They gave us a tour. We did all the things and they kept telling us, just wait till lunch, just wait till lunch, just wait till lunch. And I've been on enough missions trips already at that point in my life that I was nervous. I mean, I was like, oh boy, what is gonna happen? And so they ushered us in to the cafeteria and they had this big long table and they set us down and then out they come smiling ear to ear with pizza. And they said, we know that Americans like pizza. So we have made pizza for you today. And can I just tell you, it was the supremest of supreme pizzas. It started out good. They had like sauce and cheese and some kind of meat. I don't know what it was. There was some meat. It resembled, you know, pepperoni and sausage. I don't think it was, but it, it had the appearance of that. But then it had some vegetables and, and it had like onions, which is kind of a normal pizza topping, you know. And it had some like diced tomatoes. And then it had lettuce, shredded lettuce on it, just shredded lettuce, right? And it had anchovies, it had anchovies on this pizza. And it had some other items that were a little un, unidentifiable um, on there. But then here, here, was the, here was the kicker. It's like they just opened the refrigerator and they're like, huh, let's just put it all on the pizza. And it had ketchup, you know, like a balsamic vinegar. I right? just drizzled, you know. And it had mustard, just drizzled on top of that. And it had some mayonnaise, just kind of like clumps, just clumps of, I know, I know, right? But here's the deal. Here's the problem, okay? When you go on a missions trip, they teach you this. They had already taught us because we're college students. They're like, don't offend the locals and not eat their food. And so we are like, what are we going to do, right? So we started deconstructing said pizza. And I was like, y'all, I can handle the pepperoni-ish items that are on there. And so everyone's passing them to me. And I'm just, I'm just downing them. You know, someone else is like, I'm a rabbit. I like, I like lettuce. You know, and they're eating, right? And we just, we did our very best to eat as much of it as possible. And you know what you do in these cases? You just move it around, right? You just move it around. You just cut and move and kind of, you know, we're hiding pieces in napkins and putting them in our pockets, you know? And we're just like, we're just, we're just trying to take one for the team. Supreme, okay? Supreme. Like when I think of Supreme, I immediately go to Ukraine Supreme Pizza, okay? Let me give you some definitions of Supreme. Here's a few. Highest in rank or authority, greatest in degree, quality, or intensity. Uh, it's, it means characterized by highest excellence. It, it, it means ultimate or final. Here's one more for you. Of utmost importance or crucial. See, if I asked you today, if I said, is Jesus supreme? Most of you in the room would say, yes, 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 he is supreme. But let me ask you what I think is a more difficult question, and it's this. Are you living like Jesus is supreme? Are, are we living like he's supreme? I mean, think of it this way, okay? One of the definitions is he's the highest in rank or authority. So, so to answer the question, is Jesus supreme? Are we living like he's supreme? We would have to answer it this way. Who has the highest rank or position in your life? <laughs> you see, it's one thing to say Jesus is supreme, and we'd say he's important, but how about this? What if you looked at your calendar, 
What if you looked at how you spend your time, in other words, and you looked at, at how you're living your life on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Because see, what calendar does is it answers the question of who has the highest rank or authority in your life. Because all you have to do is look at what is taking the bulk of your time. How are you making the decisions of how to live your life, of where to go, of who to spend time with, of what to do? And that begins to answer the question of who has the highest rank or control in your life. I'll talk just for a second about church because, because I, I think today's church, like, like big C church, like the church around the world, the church uh, across denominations, across cities, that, that the church, if we, if we look at the church, that what we do is we tend to try to fit Jesus into our schedules wherever it's the most convenient, right? So if we look at the calendar, it's like, well, I can go to church on these Sundays, but these Sundays I have something that's more important, right? We, we say, Jesus, I love you and you're important, but I want you to fit into my schedule instead of us saying, you know what? He's supreme. He's got the highest you know, degree of control and authority. He's, he's crucial to my life. So instead, I'm going to fit into his way of life. Are you, are you following me now? I know it got quiet. And some of you are like, I'm done. I like you right now. It's okay. Jesus is supreme. So if we keep reading in Colossians, Paul makes a case for the supremacy of Christ. And this is what I want to look at. Just a couple more verses I want us to look at. So verse 16 now. This is the next verse. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. And then it says this, everything was created through him and for him. Through him and for him. Uh, sometimes I have to put our three daughters in their place by reminding them of who things belong to, okay? Who things belong to. So, um, you know, here's a benefit of having three girls is that, like, as they've grown up, is that, that as, they, as they got to a certain place where they could fit their mom's clothes and shoes, they started raiding her closet, okay? They would come in, like, they wouldn't ask, they would just, they would just take things, right? And they started wearing, you know, her clothes and her shoes. And to be honest, I thought it was funny because they weren't wearing my clothes. They were wearing her clothes, you know, and I would, and I would tease them, you know, and I'm like, you know, I would tease them about it. But here's something that happened is all of a sudden kind of the trend, you know, in, in clothing is that, is that now like baggy clothes are kind of a little more in and like baggy hoodies especially are in. And one day, not that long ago, I looked at one of my daughters and I said, whose hoodie is that? And she said, it's my hoodie. And I said, I don't think that's your hoodie. I think that's my hoodie. And she said, no, it's my hoodie. So I played a game with her. I said, where did you get your hoodie? And she said, from your closet. <laughs> I said, well, that's clue number one, that it's my hoodie. I said, okay, second question, who paid for your hoodie? And she said, you did. I said, this is clue number two, that this is not your hoodie. This is my hoodie, okay? It lives in my closet, and I paid for it. It is my 
hoodie, okay? This, this is kind of the idea here in Colossians that, that everything is through him, Jesus, and it is for him. Like, like it's an establishing an authority. Are you following? A, a supremacy. And here's why this is important, okay? Here's why it's important. Because you and I live in a world that wants you to believe that you are supreme, <laughs> That, that's what the world wants you. That the world wants you to, to believe that you're in control, that you get to make the decisions, that everything revolves around you, that you get to do what you want, and you get to be who you want, and you like it's all about you. And, and the gospel, you need to know this, quite often will come into conflict with the messaging of our world. And this is one of those places, and I hate to break it to you today, but you and I are not supreme. <laughs> Jesus is supreme. If you and I are following Jesus, our lives do not exist for us. That, that's one of those parts where culture wants you to think it's all about you. You get to make all your decisions. I, I mentioned I was with a group of youth pastors this week. We made a trip to um, one of our Bible colleges in, uh, that's in Texas, and, and we were there. We had so much fun. We toured the campus. We did a lot of things. And one night, we, uh, we all kind of crowded into the living room of, of the Airbnb where, where we were staying, and we were just talking and laughing and having a good time. And, and I, I just asked them a couple of questions. I said, hey, I'm, I'm just curious because everyone in the room is, we're all pastors. I said, what would you do with your life if you were not a pastor? And so we kind of went around the room and, and talked about, you know, what, what we might do. And then I said this, I said, how about this? Where would you live if you didn't make that decision based on where God was leading you, right? So, so we talked about that a little while. And the reason I could have that conversation with this group of pastors is because this group of pastors a long time ago had settled who is supreme in their life. They had already settled that they didn't get to decide what they were gonna do for their profession and they didn't get to decide where they were going to live. But they were going to put Jesus in the seat of supremacy for their lives. And they were going to go where he said to go. And they were going to do what they said he was going to do. And, and this is just one of those ways that we can test the supremacy of Christ in our lives. Romans chapter 11 verse 36 says the same thing as Colossians. It says, for everything comes from him and exists by his power and, and I like this part, we'll talk about it, is intended for his glory. I, I like this part, that it's intended for his glory. That everything that happens in your life and in my life is for the glory of God. So it's not just that he's supreme and that exists by his power, but it's also that it's for his glory. That, and, and, and here's the, here's the deal. We, we can say we believe this, that everything is for the glory of God. And it's really easy when things are going well. Have you noticed that? When things are well, we're just, oh, glory to God. Glory to God. We got a half-price air conditioner. Glory to God, right? Isn't that, it's so easy, right? When, the, when things are good, when they're right. Oh, man, we just give the glory to God. But, but what about when things aren't going well? Who gets the glory then? <laughs> I mean, how hard is it to look at a difficult situation and believe that somehow that God is going to be glorified through that difficult situation? 
So, so if we believe this, then, then here's what it looks like. We, we believe that my job isn't mine, and my bank account isn't mine, and my kids aren't mine, and my spouse isn't mine, and my house isn't mine, and it all belongs to him. And whatever God wants to do in and through those things, he will work it in such a way that at the end of the story, that God will get the glory. When Jesus is supreme, you realize nothing's ours. It all came from Jesus. It all belongs to Jesus, and it's all for his glory. Colossians 1, I'll go back there, verse 17 and 18 says, He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. I, I got I to pause, because um, I, remember, I remember when I read this, this week, I, I read this phrase, he holds all creation together. I remember a moment in the thick of 2020. Y'all know what happened in 2020, so I don't have to remind you. But in thick of 2020, we're driving down the road, and, and Lisa says, have you heard this new worship song called, He Holds It All Together? And this is the premise of the song, is that Jesus holds our whole lives together. That whatever happens, whatever comes, whatever's going on, that he holds it all together. And I remember being so encouraged because in the middle of 2020, I was wondering who was holding anything together. And I was reminded that he holds it all together. So Colossians says, he existed before anything and he holds all creation together. Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. He's the beginning, here's a, here it is again, supreme over all who rise from the dead. And then I like this, so he is first in everything. He's first. Another way that we might say this is Jesus is first in authority. He's the ultimate authority. Jesus gets the first word and the final word. <laughs> a couple years ago, um, our youth group went to Orlando, Florida for National Fine Arts. And, and, uh, and so we helped kind of plan the trip. And so, so we were at church on a Sunday morning. And as soon as church ended, we all headed to the airport. And we, we had our flight out there. We got there. And because of the time change and the distance, it was kind of late by the time we got there. We had hotels booked. We had vehicles you know, rented. We had everything worked out. And so I confidently walked up to the counter of the, of the car rental you know, place and, and, and I asked for our cars. I said, I have several vehicles rented under Harvest for Jason and Lisa Dickinson. And she click, 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 and she looked and then she looked up at me and she said, sir, I'm sorry to tell you this, but we have no cars for you. I don't know, if, have you seen the Seinfeld episode like this? where Jerry goes to, and, and he, said, he said the same thing happens, and, and he says, but we had a reservation. The reservation holds the cars. And, and he tells her, he says, I don't think you understand what a reservation means. This is what's happening in this moment. And I have all these students, you know, we're tired, and it's late, and they're like laying all over the airport, you know. And I'm like, listen, I, I'll take any car. Just get us any car. Like any vehicle, just I need to stuff these kids in the vehicles to get to the hotel. She said, sir, I don't have any cars. So I don't know if you've ever done this, but I said, ma'am, I need to talk to your manager. Have you ever done this on a phone call or in person? I said, I need to talk to your manager. Here's what I was saying. I need someone with more authority than you. You don't know what you're doing. I need someone who does, right? 
She goes, she gets her manager, her manager walks out, and the manager says, sir, um, we don't have any cars for you. And I said, manager, I need your manager. <laughs> like I was about to climb this to the top, right? I'm like, I want the CEO of this company on the phone right now, right? That, that's a, about that time, you know, Lisa's like, babe, it's okay. I'm, no, it is not okay. I rented a car, right? We never got our car. That's the end of that story. <laughs> Thank God for Uber, right? <laughs> Have you ever been there? Where it's like, I, I just need someone who has a higher authority, right? Here's the good news. Here's what Colossians and the supremacy of, of Jesus teaches us. That when we come to Jesus and we do that through prayer, when we come to him in prayer, there is no higher authority, Jesus is at the top. He's the first in authority. He can take your prayer request and he doesn't have to run it up for approval. Like, hey, can I do this, right? He is the man, right? He is able to take your prayer request and to answer your prayer request. Here it is in the scripture, Hebrews chapter eight, and I'll show you also in Romans chapter eight. Hebrews eight, verse six. But now Jesus, our high priest, pause, pause, okay? Because you gotta understand this. Before this, this is why the language is being used about a high priest. Before this, if you wanted access into the presence of God, you could only do it through a priest. And there was a ritual, and there was a set of steps that had to happen, and there had to be a sacrifice. You could not get there on your own. You had to come to the high priest. So this is what Hebrews is saying. Jesus is now the high priest. Are you following me? This is big, this is important, because it's showing you that not only does he have final authority, but you have access to the high priest. So Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior, I could almost use the word there, supreme, right? It's supreme to the old way of doing it, the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates for us a far better, I could also use supreme there, a supreme covenant with God based on better, I could use the word, supreme promises. If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. What it's saying is the first way of doing things failed. So I sent someone who's supreme. I sent Jesus. And the, the first high priest, it was flawed because it was humans. So I sent a supreme high priest. And those old promises, they needed something better. So I sent some, are you following this? It's all about supremacy. And then Romans chapter eight says this, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised from the dead. That, that's what gives him authority, right? He conquered death, he conquered sin, he conquered the grave. And then it says this, here's where Jesus, you're like, well, where's Jesus today? Here, here it is. He's at the right hand of God and he's interceding for us. Now interceding is kind of a, it's kind of a big church word maybe, and maybe you don't know what it means. What it means is this, he's praying for you. He's taking, he, he's watching your life and before you ever even pray a prayer, he's saying, hey God, hey God, we gotta do something right here, right here now, right here, this, this family in Albuquerque, we need, we gotta intervene, we gotta step in. God, will you help them? God, will you come? God, I, oh God, we fought, well, can we do something? Can we do something here? Can you imagine? Isn't this amazing that, that while we've been sitting here in this service, you've been hearing the word of God, that Jesus is talking to God about you, 
about your family, about your life, about your finances, about your job, about your future, about your health. Are you, isn't this amazing? This is the incarnate God who came to the earth, fully God, fully flesh. He lived on this earth so he can understand you, what makes you tick, how you feel, all these things. And now he's back with the Father and he's talking to the Father about you, for you. And he has final authority. So you can come to him. So my question, actually, why don't you stand with me and then I'm gonna ask you your question, the question. Here's our, here's our question today. <clears throat> so, so let me set it up this way. Jesus is supreme whether you agree or not. <laughs> it, it's kind of like, like the, the really dumb debate over who's better, Michael Jordan or Kobe. Jordan's better whether you agree with me or not. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Jace. <laughs> Jesus is supreme whether you're living for him or you're not. Jesus is supreme whether you think Jesus was real or not. Je Jesus, I'm just telling you, Jesus is on the throne. He's over everything. He, he reigns over the world. Jesus is supreme. But here, here's the deal. The question is really this. Is he supreme in your life? That, that's really the question. He's supreme over the world. Is he supreme over your life? And so I've come to ask you today, would you be willing to put Jesus over everything in your life? Would you be willing to put him in the first seat, the, the first authority, the first, the utmost importance, the, the crucial, the highest rank? Like, would you be willing to do that? And as I wrestled with this this week, here's what I, I wrote. Just, it was really just for me, but I decided I would share it with you because I was just wrestling with the supremacy of Christ in my life. And so I just wrote this. I, I put, Jesus is supreme. He's first, he's most, he's biggest, he's best. Because we don't, we don't use the word supreme very often unless we're ordering nachos or pizza. And so I was trying to figure it out, like, what does it mean? What does that actually mean? And so in my life, what it means is he's first. He's first. Above anything else, he's first. He's most. He's the most important. He's biggest. That, that one's really big because it, biggest, it's big. Because if you're facing something that seems really big, you need someone bigger than the big thing in your life. So I say he's first, he's most, he's biggest. And then finally I say he's best. He's best. I, I can confidently tell you that Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened in my life. I don't know where I'd be without him. Actually, I do know where I'd be. I'd be quite the mess. He's the best thing that's happened. So here's what I want us to do is I want us to give just a few minutes. I'm gonna have the worship team lead us in a final song. And, and you're like, wow, you sing a lot of songs at Harvest. Yes, but they all have a purpose. Here's the purpose of this one is we've heard God's word, but now we've gotta allow God's word to work itself inside of us. Would you, as we sing this final song, would you grapple with the supremacy of Christ in your life? 
A great way to do this is to assess your calendar, your bank account, your family, your job, your, like, all, just wrestle with all those things and just ask the question, am I willing to put Jesus in the first place, in the biggest place, in the most important place, in the best place? And I'm going to come up and we'll close in prayer. Worship team, come and help us. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Fellowship Podcast. For more information, visit harvestabq.org.